And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Final play looks like barring a penalty. Prescott over the middle to interpret. Gets smoked right away. The 49ers back to the championship game. Darkness, my I've come to talk with you again. Guys, I don't even know anymore. It's about them Cowboys. We're going to break this one down. We've got Saad from The Athletic. We've got John Mishota in Santa Clara. And to lead us through this one, the birthday boy, KT. Hey, KT. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Well, here we are. Just never thought it in this way, KT, right? I mean, it's not surprising. It's just I mean, like... When the moment hits, it's like, wow, that really happened. I'll say this. Before we go to John in California, I did not necessarily see the season ending on Zeke snapping the ball and getting trucked with the offensive lineman flanked out at the numbers. I didn't know if I saw that coming. No, I I think you did. I think we could pull up the pod from back in September where you you specifically said the season will end (laughs) on Zeke getting trucked on a Hail Mary attempt. (laughs) Well, live at Alcatraz. Let's go to John. (laughs) <laughs> What's going on, man? Oh man, that was a good Alcatraz. way to start it with the, with the "Hello, darkness, my old friend." Because that's that's <laughs> how I feel covering this team sometimes, where you're just like, "All right, what do I say that's positive? How can I put a positive spin on this?" And I just don't have any of that today. Uh, you know, obviously, different games than last year's wild card loss to the 49ers, but also uh, kind of similar, where I I walked away from both of them saying. 49ers were a better team. And uh, you think, though, that I felt like for the Cowboys to win this game, there was no question Dak was going to have to outplay Brock Purdy, and that just didn't happen. Um, what a what a just, you know, not just this game, but just this whole season, just how Dak, the ups and downs with Dak with the with the interceptions. Because, you know, after the game, we're in the post-game press conference, and, and Dak's saying a lot of the same stuff he said before in a little bit different way about how – you know, I promise that I'm not I'm not going to have another season like this ever again. Like in terms of the the interception number numbers are never going to be this high again. And it's just like, yeah, but he's also said that after multiple games this year, and it just kept happening. And, and, and frankly, to have two interceptions in this game, and and probably could have had four. I mean, regardless of how well the defense was going to play, they were not going to. This 49ers team is really really good, and they were not going to beat them, especially in their home field turning the ball over twice. And like I said, it easily could have been four, but there were just, I don't know. There's just a lot of things from this game that, that, that's stood out to me, but the, the deck interceptions obviously topped the list. Uh, he just, he had to play, I understand the San Francisco defense is very good. It's excellent. Probably the best in the league. I, I get all that, but he just had, he had to be better. Um, he had to get other receivers involved. I never thought we would come out of this game saying, you know, he got CD involved, but he never really got anybody else involved to that level. And, and I didn't think that would be the case even early on. You know, when they marched down the field and he had that touchdown to Dalton Schultz, there were some Tampa Bay vibes there. 
then as the game went on, there were there were some Washington vibes coming in there. And it was just like the, in these last three weeks to see Dak play, hit the highs and the lows that he did, you're just uh, – I know the, the opponents are always different, but again, man – it is year seven, you know, and, and you have to be critical of that. I mean, that's the most important position on your team. Um, I will say, obviously, Tony Pollard getting injured. You knew he wasn't coming back. Jerry said after the game that, you know, they wouldn't even have had him if they had advanced. It just, it's, it's, it's a pretty serious, uh, you know, injury in terms of the timeline and when he would be back. So, I mean, he was going to be lost regardless. And I just don't feel like they had enough legitimate playmakers outside of him to where you were going to advance, probably even past Philadelphia, and then if you beat Philadelphia, whoever you would potentially play in the Super Bowl, but that's way down the line. There's just, I have a lot of thoughts on things. Cavante Turpin, uh, I thought there was a chance he potentially could have taken that one return to the house. Um, and then the last one, before I go back to you guys, is uh, I know they don't throw to Trayvon Diggs a lot, man, but when they throw to you in that situation late in the third, he's got to have the interception. You just have to. You, you have to intercept that pass. The, the, the worst corner on your team has to intercept that pass let alone the, the corner that had 11 interceptions last year. He, he has to intercept that pass. Yeah, I think, you know, to to for uh, to build off of KT's point that he's made kind of throughout the entire season, kind of would have been nice to have Amari Cooper today, um, to be honest. Would have would have been nice when Tony Pollard goes down to have Amari Cooper uh, along with C.D. Lamb, but, you know, uh, that, that, that wasn't true. You know, my, my main takeaway from this game is, is along the lines of uh, – uh, is along the lines of John, but it's a lot more disappointment because, you know, over the last four or five years, really, ever, ever since the Dak new shine kind of wore off after like 17, 18, Dak has just been such a polarizing figure in the Cowboys uh, lexicon, whether it's media, fan base, whatever, and you either find yourself defending him or hating him. And I've always been on the side of defending Dak, and, and I still think he's a he's a good quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback and all that. But I think like, you know, I, I was definitely like, you know, I've, I've been riding with Dak and, and, and in terms of I believe in him and and all that. And you guys, you know, we've been doing this podcast. I told you like, you know, I feel like the interception is something he can cut down. But, you know, it wasn't really both both interceptions were bad. I, you know, maybe the first one. I don't know if that was on Gallup or not, which, by the way, we need to talk about Michael Gallup, too. That's a whole different story. But um, the second one was just awful. But actually, it was neither one of those that that really bothered me the most. It was the one at the end of the game that should have been a pick six to seal it. Like that's that's just like I know that was an interception, but that was worse than both of the interceptions that he threw. You just can't do that um, in that situation when you're the quarterback. Um, I, you know, yeah, it's you know the Greenlaw dropping that pick six. Like that was just um, absolutely you know the worst, and and I think. I think my biggest takeaway is I kind of feel like the like the boy who cried wolf in a way. Like I, I feel like like you know I just kind of kept coming back and back and was like you know it's gonna fix it's gonna fix and then it just never did. In the biggest moments, it, it failed the Cowboys. There's a lot of things that are gonna be you know discussed and what it's almost impossible to get all to like at once here. But so you you could have like the long term discussion of Dak and what he is and all of that. But the truth is it's kind of wasted breath because the contract is done and he is with you until, you know, 2025 or 2026, whenever his contract runs out. And that's, you know, so there's that. But the other thing I think is the fear of what something John just said, like year seven, and it almost like you sit in and you go, oh, wow, it is year seven. Wow, kind of time flies, right? Uh, as I turn 35 today, I've been thinking about that a little bit too. But like, 
Year seven, there we go. Okay, well, has he peaked out? Like, is that the best he can do? And the thing that I keep coming back to is those are terrible interceptions that he threw today and should have been a third one. There was a couple more that John had mentioned earlier as well. 49ers were rushing four. They were dropping seven. What was the problem with the Cowboys offense last year? Teams that would rush four and drop seven. And we never got that figured out. And becomes uh, a huge problem today. This is different than the interceptions where it hits, you know, Noah Brown in the chest or it hits Peyton Hendershot in the hands and bounces off and someone intercepts it. We don't need to look at this interception numbers. We know we got a problem here. And I I don't know how that is fixed and maybe more weapons does it. Sure would be nice to have weapons the way Brock Purdy does. I think the only way to get around this is just to make the roster around him better. Replacing him is not an option. Trading him is not an option. Getting rid of him is not an option. Moving on from Dak is not an ton option. Of, ton of free free agents next year. You know, Dalton, you know, not a lot of cap room. It's going to be That's, tough to keep this team together. Yeah. By the way, real quick on, on Dalton, like I know the game was out of, out of hand at this point. I don't think him making the right decisions necessarily changes the outcome, but you know, that's your most veteran, reliable pass catcher, and he takes 20 seconds off the clock and then doesn't get the second foot down on back-to-back plays on the final last gasp. Like, it's just it, it was just the most Cowboys way to end the game, honestly. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's back. I thought that they would have to make some type of, like, a Super Bowl run to try and, you know, work the, the numbers to be able to keep him and Tony Pollard. Um just like, you know, you mentioned Amari Cooper earlier, like I've said many times, I believe if they would have made the Super Bowl last year or maybe in the NFC Championship game, I think Amari Cooper would have been back because it would have been hard for Jerry to move on from him. He would have been like, we were that close, the closest we've been in whatever, 25, 26 years. Uh, we got to bring, try and run this thing back. And so your decisions are a little bit different when you have the same exact result you had the year before. And so, yeah, there are tough decisions that need to be made. But yeah, there's no question at the wide receiver position. He's got to get uh, he they got to they got to put some some other players around him because Michael Gallup in name sounds good, but the Michael Gallup we saw this year is not the Michael Gallup that they gave the new contract to. He just was never right this entire season. He, I mean, there were plays here and there, but just the entire if you look at the totality of the season, I just never thought Michael Gallup was. I mean, now that now that we've seen the full season, he never performed like a number two wide receiver. Um, so I think that yeah, that's certainly an issue. You got to find a way to get some other playmakers around there for him. Um, and then also you'd hope that your offensive line, uh, gets better as well. And, um, you know, that you, you bring back Tony Pollard, however it is, but then you also, you probably add something in the running game in the draft, but, uh, you know, they, they went into the season thinking that they'd get more than they did from Michael Gallup and Jalen Tolbert. There's no question about that. I mean, they got nothing from Jalen Tolbert and Gallup performed more like a number three receiver than a two who they thought had the potential upside to, to perform Who's like Jalen Tolbert. Yeah. Well, I mean, they used a third round pick on him. So you're, you're hoping he can, you know, bring something, but um, what else did I want to talk to you guys about here early on? Brett Maher thought for sure that he was going to be a reason they lost this game. And he actually wasn't. That was, that was stunning. You want to talk about a mental thing that, to, to, miss another extra point, but then make both your field goals. I mean, that just screams a mental thing to me. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys had seen like myself and some other people tweeted before the game that some of the San Francisco players kind of got in front of Maher and, and when he was about to get field goals, uh, Matt Burrows, the, our 49ers writer talked to some players after the 49ers players after the game. And they said that they were going to warm up on that side. And then the Cowboys just started warming up, I guess. And so that kind of, uh, annoyed them. So there was some argument about whose side of the field that they were supposed to be on. That's why it was 
but it looked like from afar, you're just watching this. You're like, I wonder if they're trying to get Myers head, but sounds like that wasn't the case, but that was obviously going to be a storyline coming off the game that he, he had. And then to miss his very first extra point. And I understand it was blocked, but I don't know if it wasn't blocked, if that thing would have went in anyway. So no, it wasn't. Oh. <laughs> no Bonner chance. was out there 19 hours earlier and usually it's just the home team. So usually they don't have to argue about that. <laughs> uh, um, so after the game, you know, we talked to Jerry as a group, but then myself and a few other reporters walked off with him just because, you know, we might not talk to Jerry for, you know, several days, weeks, whatever, you know, so I wanted to ask him about Dan Quinn and, and you know, potentially losing him and how you make up for that and, and, a, and some other big picture things, you know. But what was really interesting is when when Jerry was asked about if this game did anything to impact Mike McCarthy's job status, he said no. I mean, very definitively. But he his very next sentence was about Maher. And the way he said it, and I tweeted out the video, it was like, and, and then and he said basically like Maher making those kicks kind of vindicated vindicated yeah the decision like 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 almost like jerry might have went to mike and been like we need to go in another direction at kicker here and mike backed maher like for him to immediately he wasn't asked anything about maher he was asked Mm. specifically about mike mccarthy i found that very interesting that he jumped right to the maher decision like that i'm just like oh that is interesting that you know that it just made it seem like that jerry was clearly wanted to go in another direction at kicker and mike talked him into no 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 let's stick with maher which would have been really interesting if they lose the game because of a field goal. Because I'll tell you, there were there were points in this game where I was like, you can't even kick field goals. You're going to have to go for two. And they obviously had more faith in them uh, than I did and probably we did. So that I, the whole thing was fascinating. Also, like before the game, seeing Jerry Jones go down and talk to Brett Maher, right. like Tim Ka- Tim Kalkami even treated, uh, tweeted, like, I don't think I've ever seen that happen in any – I don't think there's a comparable to that, but just to see the pictures of him down there giving a pep talk to Brett Maher after he's shanking field goals and and warm up, like that's just wild. Hey, but we don't know what he said, Sad. What if he was walking up to him and he goes, "I tried to tell Mike to go in another direction, but he said we're sticking with you, so we're sticking with you. Go get him." It did. It did affect how they manage this game because I think one of the key. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened this game, right? One of one of the key sequences. Fourth and four, and they're like, okay, well, we'll uh, this is it, second quarter. And they let the clock go down in the two-minute warning, and they decide to go for it. And they get the first down. Dak runs for the first down. Very next play, Tony Pollard gets hurt. But they were looking at a second and two. And look, a lot had just happened. But there's a minute and 15 seconds on the clock, second and two. And they decided to go to the air there. And they had time, but Tony Pollard's gone again, and Dak threw an interception. Um, and when they took the delay of the game and just punted instead of taking a trying to kick a field goal, yeah, I mean that's another key thing later in the yeah later in the game too. You know that interception leads to San Francisco getting nine points. At the time, I was like, well, the Cowboys are going to get six or eight points here. Uh, it just felt like a field goal wasn't an option. But you know, it I guess it would have been if they were a little closer. They were at the thirty six, I think, when. They uh, decided on fourth and four to go for it after the two minute warning. It would have been a fifty three yarder if a guy's, you know, going through what Brett Barr's going through. You're probably not going to send him out there for a fifty three yarder, and the field position's kind of risky at that point. So now I get it, but like you look at that sequence, well, it ends up with Dak throwing an interception on a. I mean, I don't know what he was. He 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 didn't see Traverius Ward, and and there you go. Forty ers get the ball, end up getting three points have a 9-6 halftime lead. And I think the other sequence that Kent brought up is important. And I don't know how I felt. I mean, at the time, I, I was kind of like, I can kind of see this from everywhere. I don't know if there's a 
clear analytical winner there, but it is fourth and five on the San Francisco 40. And it's this is after you know they hit CD Lamb on that that big bomb. What a catch. And then it's fourth and five on the 40, and they decide to punt and uh, they go ahead and take the delay game. And then the punt pins San Francisco inside the 10 yard line. And then San Francisco has that big 90 yard drive. And that's, you know, kind of the key drive of the game right there, I would say. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know that you can like put that on McCarthy or anything. Fourth and five's tough at the 40. That's, that's no man's land. And, you know, I think you want to be. Against a lesser defense, you're my hell yeah, let's go for it. You know, it's a 49ers defense. I'm not sure, but they they played that very very strangely too. Because that third and five, you you could have looked at it as if we might be going for it on fourth down. Maybe we treat the fourth down play different. You know, they threw that pass on third and five there over the middle. It was over Fred Warner and Ceedee Lamb almost caught it, but you know the percentage chance of making that catch was not good. Kind of took a big shot down the middle of the field there on third and five. Like they also they really T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton was running wide open. Yeah, on the opposite side of that seam. Just yeah, there's yeah, a little they, bit too when you say that side. You know, I didn't I didn't see that particular play. Um, I didn't notice that on that particular play. Um, but when you say about the Amari Cooper thing earlier, Katie, there is a part of me too that on these games where there has been multiple interceptions, you can certainly question how well Dak's been seeing the field. So obviously Amari Cooper gives you some easier throws, but there's been some times, you know, the Washington game and certainly again today where you're like, I'd, I don't know with how he's seeing the field, if even the other wide receiver would have made that much of a difference. I, I believe it would have, you know, if they, if basically Michael Gale played to a number two level, I think it would have made a difference, but there's certainly a lot there for, you can be critical of Dak of as well in terms of like seeing things and, and finding open, open receivers on top of it. Because one of the things I keep going back to is, you know, momentum, I believe, is a huge thing. And some people don't believe in momentum. That's fine. But when Calvin Joseph forces that fumble, you got to get seven there. This yeah. isn't, you just have to. Oh, I mean, yeah. you got it. What did they get it at the 21? 20, yeah. And then they got a first down, first first and goal from the nine. I mean, you got to punch that thing in. You need seven there. And, 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 and so on the first play, uh, he hit Schultz, got a couple yards. And then Zeke, they hand it off to him. He loses the yard. And then Dak ends up throwing to Zeke down that, that short throw to the middle that ended up being incomplete. And it just, I mean, it was, you just, you had to get seven there. You had to. And, and that, that, that's one, like I, I mentioned Trayvon Diggs, not getting the interception, but that's another one right there. I mean, you gotta, you gotta get more than three out of that. Yeah. No, those are huge plays that just like swing games and quite frankly are the difference. And yeah. all, well, I was just saying, like the 49ers are the favorite to win, and the 49ers have a, a better roster. That's the that's the thing that's tough for me, is just like well, you had your chance here to go and you know, it was just wide open right here to go get it, and it's been kind of wide open in the whole conference. I mean, you just kind of weed out Rodgers and Brady and some of these dudes, right. and I feel like the Eagles are gettable, you know. If the Brock Purdy year isn't the year, what wins the year? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, last year, the Jimmy Garoppolo year, again, I keep beating this dead horse and I'll beat it again. I mean, you're in that similar situation where you have the ball late in those last two series and Fred Warner and Nick Bosa are on the field and you're at home. You got to go down the field. So when we're late in this game and they got the chance to tie it up late and Nick Bosa and Fred Warner are on the field and they're in San Francisco, I'm not feeling very confident about that. Yeah. Hey, at least they got the snap off this year. Yeah. But 
but but no but but seriously like kt to your point about this being so self-inflicted um to go back to like obviously there were the the 49ers scored 19 points what was that like two touchdowns right or did they just score one they just scored one touchdown right and then yeah the McCaffrey yeah. touchdown yeah just the, so think think about that touchdown drive and there's three plays for me one that kittle catch as as amazing as it was Trayvon Diggs you got it you got to separate the receiver from the ball like if Absolutely. you if you if you just touch Kittle, he's not going to have the con- he he can't finish the catch if you if you just if, if you just give him a good shove. Um yep. so so that's one thing. Then Trayvon Diggs drops the ball uh, for the interception and then Donvin Wilson mauls Kittle right. for a holding <laughs> when they were when they were backed up, when they were when they were going to lose yardage in that in that situation and it's an automatic first down. And that was their lone touchdown drive, and the Cowboys shot themselves in the foot three times on that drive. How about the fact that on the one where, and I completely agree with you on the Diggs play, he's got to, and even if he doesn't separate him, he's got to put some type of a lick on him. And the way that that play unraveled, you know, that was Neville Gallimore running with Kittle down the middle of the field. You know, that's who's checking George Kittle was Neville Gallimore, (laughs) your defensive tackle, who was inactive last week, was a healthy scratch for the Tampa Bay game. But anyway, uh, I agree with that stuff. One other thing I want to touch on you guys real touch on with you guys real quick is the um, what did you think about the idea to punt when it was, I believe, fourth and ten late as opposed to trying to go for it deep in your own territory and fourth and ten. I feel like Mike McCarthy wanted to extend the game because he had his three timeouts. But there's part of me right there where I was like, this probably is when you got to go for it. I know if, if you throw an incomplete pass, they take the ball over here, the game's over. But I kind of felt like they should have went for it there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I, I initially I actually thought like a punt is not a terrible idea. And then like one second later, I thought about how gassed that defense yep. looked um, in the yeah. previous drive. And I was like, I don't know if you're going to get the ball back. I'm surprised they even did. And thanks to Elijah Mitchell running out of bounds, they did. But, um, yeah. but really, like they shouldn't have got the ball back. So I, I, I kind of feel vindicated in terms of like it not just being hindsight. It's just that defense. The previous drive was so gassed. I, I didn't. So that changes because if you're punting that ball at two twenty five rather than you know two ten, you know two thirty. It just felt like it was 30 seconds to, to get everything going. And I thought the ref, they didn't, on the TV broadcast, Olsen was kind of killing the Cowboys for clock management. I, I thought the ref was holding on and not letting them snap because they were yeah, letting the weird. San Francisco sub because the Cowboys ran their punt team on and that uh, they gave San Francisco time to, to make substitutions. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. I, I don't think it would have changed the outcome of the game too much there, right? So you're saying the ref was in the way. I, I guess what I'd say is like, yeah, the ref is in the way again. No, uh, but like I, I think I'm probably more convicted on going for it on fourth and five at the San Francisco forty in a nine sure. to nine game than I, I am fourth and ten. Just right there, you just because it is for sure over, right? If you do it then and you don't get the first down. What if I would have um, told you that Christian McCaffrey? ran for 35 yards, and Debo Samuel had 45 receiving yards. What do you think you would have said the score to that game would be? I told you that the Cowboys won. 19 to 12. Let me also tell you that CeeDee Lamb is going to have 117 <laughs> receiving yards. I've been like, man, this is looking pretty nice right here. 
This is we're in good shape. The other thing Cowboys too, especially definitely covered, <laughs> especially early on, man, was turn back the clock day for Demarcus Lawrence. Man, he was just wrecking oh shop. Oh, yeah, the tank dude, was the great. Defense wreck shop today. Yeah. yeah, he's part of the he's part of when, the way he played. I kind of was like, man, they're kind of wasting his performance because my big picture thing, like you know, you talk about where they go after the season and and all that. Like every day that goes by. I just feel like they're wasting Micah Par- Parsons' prime. You know, it's like this is the time to capitalize on this, which is not true, by the way. It's not true. I mean, when you think about it, you know, yeah. TJ Watt, you know, he didn't have his best years. I mean, he he continued to ascend and get better. It's not like Nick Bosa is only in his second or third year. You know, I mean, these guys, Joey Bosa is still, you know, I mean, he's still got good years, but I'm just, I don't know. I guess I just you I think feel like Micah like Luca. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To the point where it's like, man, these are these are gonna be his best years. And this team generally doesn't have those type of defensive playmakers up front. Like let's, you know, max out this window, you know, and maybe they will, you know, maybe, maybe they come back next year and they're a better team, but it's just hard for me to sit here today and say that that's going to happen. Well, you're going to, and again, later in the week, we'll, we'll be back with, you know, talking to free agents and then should they, should they stay or should they go? That type of stuff. You'll probably, and it sucks what happened to Tony Pollard, you're probably in a position to franchise tag Tony Pollard. Um, now, who knows what the front office thinks on that? But you're probably in that position if you want to keep him around. I, I, the thing I'll say, yes, Dak was outplayed by Mr. Irrelevant. Okay? Now, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow right there. But Dak does not have the cyborgs, you know, running routes that – Brock Purdy has, and I know the stat line might not might not show it. Although Kittle Kittle gave the Cowboys a lot of trouble today. Yeah, I was gonna say because I would rather have I'd rather have uh, C.D. Lamb than than Debo Samuel today. Uh, just today, but yeah. yes, um, but like it, that's that's where I kind of like it, it's. But you know the, the thing is, overall, like I think I was pretty happy with how the Cowboys matched up physically overall. We kind of knew the Cowboys weren't going to run the ball well, and once Tony Pollard was out of the game. The idea of running the ball was not it was not gonna happen. Like we knew that was not gonna happen. But on the touchdown but, drive, I will say, I mean, the way it was dialed up and the way they were cooking, I was like, Man, this is where has this been? Like you there were just some plays that they yeah. ran there where I'm like, damn, okay. All right, they got they're they're saving up some stuff. They're pulling some stuff. They're gonna get kind of crafty here. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get this done with a little bit of duct tape and uh, some WD forty and a shoelace, and they're gonna pull this off. And we'd never seen another drive like that the rest of the way. Yeah. Like McGruber. Exactly. Yeah. The, 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 I mean, yeah, like overall, it's real easy. Like you try to make it simple. Yeah. Well, you, your quarterback needed to have another perfect game, right? Or, or close to perfect. No, game. I don't think so. No, I, yeah, I, I disagree. I I, disagree. That's different, right? I disagree. Yeah. I just think, I just think a solid, good game. Uh, Keep the training I, on the track. Yeah. To, to, yeah. Hey, hey uh, if we're just looking at stat sheet, just tell me that, that he doesn't throw two interceptions. Give me the Purdy line. Give yeah. me the Purdy line right yeah. here. What yeah. do you have? Brock Purdy, twenty nine or nineteen of twenty nine, two hundred and fourteen yards, yep. no touchdowns, but no interceptions. Dak, twenty three of thirty seven, two hundred and six yards. He had the one touchdown, but the two interceptions, and then the point that there could have been a third and a fourth. Like he just did not seem dialed in at all. And 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 to your point, KT, obviously this is a different defense. This defense. Uh, has caused problems for him, you know, and, and that was very evident, but I just, the, the, you can't have the turnovers. If he doesn't have those turnovers and he just has the one touchdown pass, I think the Cowboys win this game. 
I think that was probably the most frustrating part for me too with like, you know, as I let off saying being like more of a DAC defender is just like, he didn't have to be superhuman. He didn't have to do any of that. Um, you know, it's, it, it was just one of those things where if you were just Alex Smith bus driver type quarterback, like that would have been good enough on this day. Yeah. Um, like, you know, basically what, what Brock Purdy was, but I think, I think that that's a little frustrating because again, when you talk about like the inter- some of those interceptions he had, those are, those are not like they gave three points to San Francisco, but it also, we always talk about point swings, right? So it took three points minimum away from Dallas as well. Um, and, and, you know, when, when John is kind of reading off those stat lines and talking about like, what if I told you McCaffrey had this much, Debo had this much, CD caught this much, Maher was not a problem. It's just like every uh, every single thing lines up to just Cowboys win, and it didn't happen. I, I, I'm kind of just torn. Like Maher missed the extra point. I don't, yeah, I don't know he would have missed, like, missed that one, but like Dak hasn't been that. It, I'm always going to make because sometimes Dak got. I, I thought this would stop by now, but and there's a million narratives about the Cowboys quarterback. But the idea that Dak was kind of getting given, he got compared to Alex Smith a lot. Like Dak now, and really for the last three years, has been a guy's kind of a gunslinger, and the interception numbers showed that this year. I think I think what's the fear is that well my my fear is that we have major issues with seeing the field yeah with when 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 a team can rush for and handle and I, and I didn't think the offensive line did a, like a bad job but there was noticeable noticeable more pressure on Dak uh, this game than there was in the Tampa Bay game and it was kind of a bad omen when uh, Tyler Smith got called for a holding on Joey Bo- uh, on Nick Bosa on the first offensive play of the game I was like oh crap. Brutal. That's and then a good. false start, like two two plays, yeah. Later, so, but quickly soon after, you know, he they held it together. Fine, something like Dak was getting sacked a ton. I mean, he he it was under a lot more duress than last week for sure. But like you're just watching, and I, I rewound all those interceptions multiple times. I was just sitting there watching, I was like, okay, they're dropping seven here, and he's just not seeing the other guy. But who was running open? No one was running open, and I. <laughs> Brock Purdy at least five to ten times a game has someone running wide open, and whether that's the scheme or whatever, I I, I don't know. I, I I really don't know. It's uh, uh, real easy to go. Who do we blame here? And much like last year, I think the frustrating thing is well, there's about five to ten things that are just laid out there that they just need to be better at, and they're close. And I don't know how you get over the hump besides being better and maybe having some better players at certain positions. Yeah, and part of part of that blame though, KT, is also kind of like you know what we talked about in the preview podcast when when I think you asked us like you know which quarterback is better or whatever, and kind of how we dove into like okay, Dak is better better in a vacuum and isolation, but which quarterback has the better situation going in? And you know, D- Brock Purdy, sure he had receivers running open, but. Again, this is a secondary without Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, and, you know, banged up and all that. Whereas, you know, for, for the 49ers, it wasn't that way. So I, I think that's that makes a difference as well. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John, I know you get some uh, closing thoughts out there from California. We'll catch up later this week. We'll do more uh, cleaning up and and talk about the future and things like that. So, John, uh, let us have it. Go ahead and give us your parting words at this cowboy funeral. Yeah, I mean, kind of going off what you guys just said there. I also, I I doubt that they go in a different direction at offensive coordinator because of the fact of, are they going to bring in a new offensive mind that is going to put in new plays? and change things around is that better for Dak and and, because Jerry's not going to want to do a rebuild he thinks that this team is close it just needs to make a couple adjustments so that makes me think that that they won't go in another direction there uh one other thing I wanted to note was seven penalties with this crew this was going to be the crew that wasn't going to call very much so with 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 a crew that calls a lot that's probably the equivalent of about 12 or 13 so that kind of showed its head again in this game um there's not really a lot more for me to add I just it's one of those things where I don't want to put the whole thing on Dak Prescott because clearly there's a lot more involved in that, but um, he's your franchise quarterback and they needed him to play a good game. They didn't have to be great. He didn't have to be superhuman like he was uh, in Tampa Bay. He just had to play a good game and, and he didn't. And so for the second consecutive year, they 49ers end their season. And um, I just, I, I guess I was under the, the thought process of that, Maybe that Tampa Bay game would spark him. So all of a sudden he was going to put it together and he was going to play really well in this game. 
go to Philly, play really well there, and then go into that, go into potentially go into a Super Bowl where he clearly was going to be looked as the underdog quarterback because he was going to face a Burrow or or a you know a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. And um, yeah, I mean, I I I really enjoy covering Dak Prescott. He's a great dude. He, um, you, you root for the guy. You would like to see him have success. Um, but he he gives you plenty of things to make you question uh, his decision making and, and certain things that he does for, again, a quarterback that's in year seven. But um, like you said earlier, KT, they're not going in another direction at quarterback. And I wouldn't suggest them to go another. There's a way better chance you get the wrong guy than you get a better guy. Way better chance. And so I don't think that that would be the answer. It just you hope that another offseason, they put some better weapons around him, that it can be different next year, that they can get back to this spot, but then have enough um, to get past it. But um, you watch this over the years and, and and it makes you wonder, you know, I mean, I've been covering this team since 2011 and I haven't seen them win a divisional round game. So I can't sit here and say that I've, I, I have great faith that it, that it's just on the horizon. Maybe it'll happen. Um but it's one of those things where they got to show me. I'm not going to just project that to, to happen. Sure. I have to, I have to see the changes. I have to see them take that next step. And some of that's just improving the roster. Well, John, thank you very much. Uh, and for you know all, all your road trips all season <laughs> long on these uh, games, we really appreciate it. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you in a few days. We'll kind of take a look at the free agency list and all that stuff, and and kind of kind of go from there. Oh, we're going to put together a plan. We're going to fix this oh, like yeah. we always do. We're going to put together a plan, all right? So don't – everybody everybody, just sit tight. Let us get – 40 there. days. 40 days. 40 days. 40 moves. We're going to get it fixed. So I'll see you, we've boys. Done so, we've done so good fixing it over the years. So, yeah, let's try it again. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we've all kind of set our piece here. I mean, I, I, I it's tough because I, I, I don't want to uh, – it's not all on that. Clearly, there's many things going on, but that can't happen, uh, and and it did. And uh, you know, I don't know. It, Josh Allen didn't play well today. Is he going to take the heat? He absolutely is. Right? He's absolutely going to take the heat for what happened today in Buffalo. So it's what it's it, it's the territory. I have no interest in going down these wild paths that the two teams in the NFC Championship have gone in to find their quarterback. Just searching for Carson Wentz or Nick Foles got us there that one year and maybe he can do it. And, you know, I don't know. This Jalen Hurts guy, maybe we'll let him play. Now can we panic trade Carson Wentz? Or, you know, Trey Lance, let's trade all our draft picks and go get this guy at the top. And then now he gets hurt and we have Jimmy and then he gets hurt and then you fall into Brock Purdy. I have no interest in getting on that hamster wheel at the quarterback position. I know a lot of Cowboys fans probably are interested in that. But the amount of good luck that would take that it has taken for those two franchises to get there, one thing those teams have done is they've drafted really well and they've made some really savvy trades and free agent moves. And that's kind of where my my fear is like how do you make this roster better around Dak? Right? Because that's the best way to help Dak is to make it better around him. And I know the other thing is, well, forty million dollars, he's eating up all the cap. The cap's going to keep going up, and he will continue to look like an affordable quarterback, especially in terms of guaranteed money when the NFL and the Cleveland Browns decided to give uh, Deshaun Watson a fully guaranteed contract. Wait until you see the contract the Ravens give Lamar Jackson. Like, Dak's contract's going to look pretty friendly um, at some point. Um, The thing is, also sucks, though, his his contract kind of just kind of starts kicking in, like, next year. 
like this year, I think his hit was pretty low <laughs> um, uh, in terms of the of the the cap hit on that. So that's a little, you know, you, you can't start over. Um, it would be wild. We'll see it where Jerry's at. I mean, you feel like McCarthy's safe. Um, we'll see what happens there. I mean, until Sean Payton is the head coach of a team, that narrative doesn't die. You probably lose Dan Quinn. You probably, I mean, you undoubtedly are going to lose Dan Quinn, it seems like. I guess I thought that last year, but. Uh, and I don't know that it makes sense to start over at Kellen. I mean, if you're if you're gonna rip it to the studs, you got to rip it to the studs, and that just didn't make sense to do that. So that's what the Cowboys like to do too. The Cowboys are a let's just kind of stay in it, and they had some bad luck and some bad playoff performances. That's that's the story of twenty five plus years, man. Yeah, yeah. Just for for my closing thoughts, KT. Like I think for me, I'm I'm with you and what John said as well. It's not all on Dak. I don't think. It's all on him, but it was. But this is not the day to really bring out the Dak defense. Like this was no. not a good performance for him. Um, but what you said, like I, I don't see. Like you know, I, I even replied. Like, I asked someone on Twitter. They were like, Dak is not the answer. I was like, okay, well, what do you recommend? Like trading for Derek Carr, trading for Trey Lance. Like what? What do you recommend? Like there's not a better solution out there. So then you make do with what you have. And it's not that you can't win with Dak. Like it's, I I don't believe that because the 49ers are winning with Brock Purdy. I know it's it was like a decade ago, but the Ravens won with Joe Flacco. Like you know, th- you see these things happen, and I think you know I forgot who it was, but it was it was a, it was a really respected uh, NFL journalist who said you don't really judge just by who makes the Super Bowl, judge by the final four. So judge by the 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 players that are in the championship games. And I think Dak is caliber of being there, but you brought up, you know, those two, those two situations. Look at the situation Purdy's in. We just saw all that. But then look at what the Eagles have done. You had Dallas Goddard, you got AJ Brown, you got Devontae Smith, and you got a good offensive line. And then you're you're building on the defense. And I think that's what you have to do with Dak. Um, you know, you can get out of Zeke's contract now, so I think you know that that frees up a little bit. But um, but at the end of the day, I do think that. You know, this team has their quarterback, and and whether you like it or not, that's just kind of a reality. Um, some Cowboys fans may not remember it, but I certainly do as, as someone who grew up in Dallas and even covered the end of the Tony Romo era. Same conversation that was happening at times during the Tony Romo era, and it's just not, it's just not feasible that there's going to be another quarterback. Yeah, it's not, no, it's not feasible, and it doesn't make sense with, with the money, and I... <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it, it's tough. Like you come off this. It's like, if you can't change the coach, can't change the quarterback, you're losing a ton of guys. Yeah. It's pretty bleak, man. <laughs> the, the concern is that, well, uh, there's a lot of concerns, I guess. To me, I got big concerns with just like, not, not the, even the same team, just the, the way that they played him. It's like, okay, well, we know how to beat him now. If there's a bunch of dudes, Back dropping back in coverage, and then kind of in playing a zone most of the time, and I, I don't know. I mean, some of that might might fall on Kellen's shoulders too. So, you know, we'll see what Jerry's thinking and Stephen and all that. Not that we'll probably agree with what they're thinking. Uh, I I know I know the outlook of what you could do offensively changes if you have another really good wide receiver. 
the truth is, CeeDee Lamb was getting um, separation. Noah Brown and Michael Gallup, who you spent all year or most of the year as your number two and number three wide receivers, were near the bottom of the league and getting separation. That's that's impossible to work with. You, you just can't. You can't do that. And, and, and they had a really good offense. In some metrics, the number one offense in the league. So you come to all that and you go, okay, well, wow, we just got to play better in the playoffs against teams that are really good. Here's another thing. And I know we're trying to get out of here, so I'll be quick. But the other thing is, whatever happened with the Cowboys' defense at the end of the year and some of the things with Dak turning the ball over, maybe you win that Jacksonville game and you win the Week 18 game and you're the number one seed and you get the Giants and – Compare the New York Giants to the team the Cowboys played tonight, and you're like, good Lord. I mean, the Eagles as the one seed really benefited from that. And that's another thing that I think is highly frustrating is like that ended up kind of being in your grasp. That Jacksonville game is going to stand out. The Noah Brown pick six, and that's going to jump out at you. Like if you won that game, then maybe a game plan for the week 18 game against Washington, you win that game, and then you're at home on wild card week. And then you're getting ready for the Giants at home. You know, that that's a whole different route. And we're talking about the Cowboys getting ready for San Francisco and Philadelphia at home next week. Yeah, but KT, when we talk about things like, you know, Dalton Schultz, kind of the way that the game ended, and we kind of say that's the most Cowboys way to end a game. What you're talking about is the most Cowboys way to end a season. To yeah. lose that Jacksonville game the way they did and the chips fall where they do. Um, you know, it's just that that's just kind of how it goes. Like, um, you know, so I, I think I think you're right. But um, but again, that's kind of what we've seen from yeah. this team for the last 27 years. This is Dak's chance too. I think this year and last year to kind of be talked about in the Josh Allen, uh, Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow world. And it's like, nah, Kirk Cousins and you know, I mean, the Raiders made the call on Derek Carr. Hey, we're moving on. I mean, I, 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 it's something the Cowboys could look into financially. It would destroy them. So, but please, Tom no. Brady and Aaron no. Rodgers are out there. Jerry, what are you thinking? No, I mean, it's not that. It's that that that's nonsense, right? But it's it. it the, the scary thing is, like, have we seen the best football that Dak has played? And I hope not. There's also some weird like Romo connotations that I'm sensing or feeling a little bit too. I mean, there's some tough, well, really tough Romo losses that weren't even in the playoffs, you know, and he had to wear the brunt of it, you know. So, I know, uh, hopefully that we, they can improve and, and just make the roster better around him. You know, the positives, and we can do some positives and negatives a little further away from this thing, but, you know, it's for now it's just like – Hey, you know, if you Cowboys. Want, yeah, if you want me to give you a couple of positives, even from the loss, I thought Deron Bland looked pretty good. And I think you have something there uh, going forward. Israel Mukawamu also, you know, solid. You know, they just got to play where they do. We talked about Demarcus Lawrence. I thought Micah Parsons looked energized and looked good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't superhuman, but but I thought he looked he looked fine. Like he, he was great. Um so I think they're, they're, you're right. There's definitely positives to draw from. Tyler and, Smith. And all. Tyler Smith. Left, yeah. Left tackle of the future. You got it figured out, you know, and that's huge. 
yeah, I mean, you were worried about that. Uh, and, you know, we'll see when you get Terrence Steele back. And you, you liked what you got from Terrence Steele this year, things like that. And big decisions to make in free agency, which we'll cover a little later in the week. But for now, that's it. So uh, make sure you, if you have any questions or comments on the podcast, uh, holler at us on Twitter and all that stuff. We're, we like to interact. So for our producer, Kent Garrison, for Father John Mashoda out live in San Francisco, well, Santa Clara, I guess. And for Saad Youssef, who you need to be following covering the Dallas Stars. First place in the Western Conference right now, Saad? That's right. <laughs> Riding oh, high. Oh. See? Just transition your energy towards hockey, <laughs> mm-hmm. Cowboys yeah. fans. Let's make we'll be fine. Uh, I'm Kevin. We'll be back later in the week. We got a lot of stuff we got to get to. We got a lot of grunt work to do. We've got a plan. And we'll have it for you a little later in the week. Thank you very much for listening all year long about the Cowboys. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. I fucked it up.